0: What is up? I'm Miguel Antonio, and you are listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. And before we jump into today's episode, I want to encourage you to check out my band, Run With It, at Run With It Band, at Run With It Band, at at TikTok, Twitter, all the different places you follow people at. You can also check us out at runwithitband.net. That's runwithitband.net. And on today's episode, we have Patrick Davis, the owner of Lost Evenings Brewery. Pat is a Kansas native with a degree in engineering, but his love of craft beer led him to home brewing and eventually on to opening Lost Evenings Brewing Company in Lenexa, Kansas. He lives in Olathe, Kansas with his wife and co-brewery owner, Heather, and their two young daughters. On today's podcast, Pat shares the inspiring story of opening up his brewery during the heart of the pandemic. He also shares his personal tools that he uses to balance the day job. Family and building a brand new business all at the same time. It's a great episode. Enjoy
1: the Live and Create podcast.
0: It's been a crazy season, man. I, I bet, yeah. especially for you, ready to get into a whole new season. I imagine because uh, you you go and open up uh, uh, an actual brewery in the middle of the whole pandemic. <laughs> which is which is ballsy yeah. that was one reason that like as soon as you told me that while we were sitting at the bar I was like you got to come on my podcast I got to hear about this and and see what kind of stuff you've been up to um, yeah and, and well before we get to that though so are you still um are you still working the day job as well or do were you able to train or yep. where is there okay so still doing day job and still running this uh at the same time
1: right yeah, gotcha. so my day job's a structural engineer, um, and then on the side, I'm running Lost Evenings Brewing Company, doing the uh, basically the back of the house operations and the brewing. Gotcha. So the deal I made with my wife when we opened was I wasn't going to work behind the bar, so I wouldn't have to be there, you know, every night and every weekend. Um, I still do a little bit of that um, to kind of help out the bar staff when they need time off, but generally, I'm basically just brewing. And doing kind of the behind the scenes paperwork type stuff on like nights and weekends.
0: Right. That's a that's a good deal to make though. It seems like with starting a yeah. business, you can get it launched out there, and the next thing you know, you're like a hundred hours a week, and you're like, what, right. what the hell am I doing with all <laughs> my time? Is that a hard discipline for you though uh, to not want to be in the mix of everything?
1: Yeah, um, I'm very. Uh, I've never been good at um, delegating work to people so it was really kind of hard at first to kind of put my trust in other people to take care of the front of the house um, but we've got we've found some great bartenders great tapper manager that they're doing a great job so.
0: that's awesome <laughs> yeah it usually comes down to finding the right help and getting the right people in there mm-hmm. so so you, you started your passion, uh, for, for beer making and brewing, uh, if, if I say the word properly <laughs> instead <laughs> of just beer making, but, um, you started, my understanding is like 2012, right. Is when you started yep. into it. And, but so it was you, but you ended up launching your, the public face of it, the brewery lost evening brewing, uh, in, if I'm not mistaken, it was it May of 20 2021
1: um we opened our doors june 2020
0: june 2020 okay so seriously in the heart of it
1: right it was uh kind of weird we um so i mean opening a brewery doesn't happen overnight there's a long planning process you know flushing out the building plan or the business plan as well as looking for a spot um and so i think it was towards the end of 2018 i had more seriously started looking for locations. Um, it had gone from something where I was just kind of uh, in my downtime at work, Googling uh, commercial space for rent to actually getting out there and meeting with a real estate agent and um, going and touring places. And then kind of all of 2019, we were trying to find the perfect location and we signed our lease there in Lenexa at. It was very last week, I think, of December 2019. So, okay, so right about a month in. before. Yeah, we were locked in. We <laughs> our lease said we had to be open by June. And about a month later, the world started ending. <laughs> right. And so I think about March or April or so, um, when things they started, you know, closing businesses down to try and prevent the spread. We thought, well, you know, it, things will be closed down for like a month and then the world will get back to normal. It'll open up and be ready for a beer and that'll be perfect time for us to open. But of course we all know how that went.
0: <laughs> right. So what was going through your mind when, you know, cause it, yeah, it, I talk about that with a lot of musicians on this podcast where we are like, you know, shows are shut down for like two weeks then it was four weeks. Mm-hmm. Then you know, like just another month, and then finally we're like, I don't know when the fuck is coming back up. So what what's going on in your head as as the months get closer and closer to that June launch that you already had locked in? Um,
1: we didn't really know kind of what to expect. Um, We knew we had to open um, after. I think there was about a month where all the local breweries were shut down to where they could only do to-go sales. Mm -hmm. And luckily they were able to open up for on-premise consumption. I think a couple of months before we opened. So we were fortunate that we knew we were going to be able to open and let people in the door, but we knew like we can't in good conscience have like a big grand opening party and have this place packed with people. I don't want to be the next face on the news of right. <laughs> this jerk caused an outbreak. So
0: we knew that, that our opening. press is open... not good press. <laughs> yeah. Not, not in this We day knew day. that
1: it was going to be a little <laughs> muted of a, of a grand opening. And so we were just happy to get our doors open and that people were starting to find us
0: that's awesome man so when you when you first started out in it though um, like that first summer because uh, I if mm. I remember right that first summer of 2020 it seemed like things were gonna start really just coming back to life for a minute were mm-hmm. you guys feeling that during the summer and then feeling the tank back feeling it tank back yeah the
1: so summer we were feeling pretty good you know it um, obviously wasn't where we expected um, But things were, you know, kind of starting to pick up. Um, We were getting our name out there more and more. Every week, new people were coming in and checking our place out. Um, And then as we got into winter of 2020 into 21, um, we were really optimistic because, you know, all the vaccine news came out. And but, you know, at that point, nobody was vaccinated and everybody was trying to avoid going indoors around strangers. So the winter was pretty rough. The summer and fall were okay because we were able to have you know patio seating and people could sit outside and that helped. But yeah, the winter was uh, not great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's it's interesting to think about that idea. I, in our initial conversation, I didn't realize that you, you were already locked in because of the lease, where the lease said you had mm-hmm. to launch out in June. Uh, but it makes me think I, I had a conversation recently where it's like, it's like the moment someone decides to finally just do something, whatever it is, you suddenly doors open to make it happen despite anything mm-hmm. else that's going on. And it's almost like you had decided you locked in, you signed the piece of paper and you're like, it's happening in June. I don't care if the whole world literally is stopping. Mm-hmm. We're going to make it. It's, it's an inspiring thing uh, for me and my wife and I we have a a commercial cleaning business uh, that we do together Mm -hmm. and we were talking about getting employees like for years. It was just us doing it. And then finally one day it was like, we just said, you know what, we have to do it. And we're going to do it by like, I think it was like the next month. And suddenly it's like all the things we drug our feet on actually just happened. Um, So it's, did you, did you feel like now that you're looking back, are you are you excited? Or I don't know what the I'm trying to shape the question in that in that regard. Like, <laughs> I guess when you look back on having to start in June and that being your start within the middle of a world pa- pandemic, is it is it a fond memory now for you? Is it still a little painful? What's What's that like for you?
1: Uh still painful. <laughs> gotcha.
0: <laughs> not think, not fond uh, yet. <laughs>
1: the, yeah, not fond yet. Uh, maybe if you interview me in a couple of years, we'll uh, hopefully when, I when it
0: gets. <laughs> I got, um, you. But I got my rose, I think, gl- my rose colored glasses on way too <laughs> early here, huh? The, uh, the way we've kind of looked at it
1: from the beginning was, um, if we survive through it, I mean, this is basically the worst time for our industry minus like the prohibition era. So if we survive this, we're going to be doing all right. <laughs>
0: that that's intense when you think about that, that mm-hmm. it's the hardest time since prohibition to hear you say that puts it in perspective real quick. That's uh, I was out at uh, river bluff brewery, uh, up in St. Joe. Uh, it was mm-hmm. probably shit like a, a month ago. I was playing out there and they were just talking about, you know, what life during the pandemic for them. I hadn't had a chance to catch up with them out there and, and yeah, it's like, it's like just trying to scrape together and hang on. Um, Mm -hmm. what are some of the lessons you feel like you've taken from, from that launch, uh, from surviving in this pain, uh, in, in anxiety that has been the last year or two? Uh,
1: I feel like I've learned how to, um, run on very little sleep, (laughs) Um, we, my wife and I also have two kids, two young kids, so they already don't let us sleep much. So, um, <laughs> um and as far as running the business, um, just figuring out how to make do with, uh, a very limited staff, um. Ideally, you know, we wanted to be super packed all the time and uh, hire lots of people, but um, uh, it's, I guess, made us be resourceful.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like learning to leverage uh, the limited resources, even down to the very much like Mm -hmm. real things like time and, and sleep and the reality of starting a business, Right. Right. (laughs) <laughs> I, I feel like entrepreneur entrepreneurship gets so sexy like it, out there everyone thinks it's so damn sexy and it's like yeah uh get up at 4 a.m you fall in bed like I remember in the throes of my band when we first started touring it was like I get up like four thirty-five a.m every single day and fall I literally would fall asleep with the phone in my hand still doing work in my bed mm-hmm. at like midnight <laughs> one in the morning and it was like that on repeat for like Two straight years to, yeah. to really get things going, and then, but I wasn't even dealing with the pandemic, right? <laughs> Which you are. So it's I. It's cool to hear like the, the conversation that you shared with you and your wife, where your wife was saying, "Hey, I don't want you to be upfront because I know what that means. <laughs> I want yeah. time with you." <laughs> what What are some of the other tools that you bring in uh, to this endeavor to to protect yourself, protect your family? um protect your sanity as you have a full-time job and it's not just like a full-time you know like waiting tables like structural engineer like you're doing some real shit all day (laughs) and then also doing some real shit you know all night as you're brewing what are some of those other tools that you use to protect yourself your family uh and your sanity
1: um well i think um I've gotten a lot more into making sure to take the time to take care of myself. Like, uh, exercise, uh, was something I wasn't doing a lot of before this, but I've found it's a way to, um, uh, c- kind of clear my head, um, and take a break from everything going on to go jump on a bike and ride for half an hour. Um, that helps. Um, been getting a lot more into podcasts um <laughs> um what's
0: your favorite one right
1: now my favorite one is my brother my brother and me i mean besides this podcast
0: oh course. yeah
1: of course said my
0: brother my brother and it's, me
1: it's called my brother my brother and me it's um three brothers it's a comedy advice podcast um i'm gonna run and that down. uh yeah <laughs> they've been doing it for like 10 plus years now it's uh it's pretty funny.
0: <laughs> awesome. So for you, that podcast is more with the the comedy piece, is it more of an escape for you just to kind of mentally unplug? Or is it a the yeah. advice piece that encourages you?
1: Well, they uh they brand it as an advice podcast, but they don't actually they're pretty upfront <laughs> on uh <laughs> don't take any of <laughs> our advice. Um but yeah, I would say it's more of an escape from uh you know, all the stress and stuff, uh, of full-time job and running the brewery, but then also just the reality of the crazy, crazy world we live in.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So podcasting kind of that escape, the, the, Mm -hmm. the exercising that that's always been a key for me. It's like, I can tell if I don't make time for actually exercising, it's like, like, I know within about a month, things are going to really go bad for me. Cause I had no outlet <laughs> for, mm-hmm. for my anxiety, my, my angers or whatever it is. So biking though, you, are you outside biking or stationary or what, what's that look like? Um, no, we got a, a stationary bike. Nice. So. Very cool. Yeah. I've been doing a lot more indoor now that, uh, now that I'm not doing my race anymore. Uh, after the whole COVID thing, I was like, Mm -hmm. you know, I really don't want to be out in the cold. So I'm just going to be inside on a stationary bike. This is nice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So where did the love of beer start for you? Oh, well, uh, I
1: started drinking beer in college. Uh, (laughs) um, But at that point, it was not craft beer um it was generally was it like daddy light was, or, or the yeah. beast or something well, like that <laughs> keystone
0: keystone oh, light. there you go It's all <laughs> all the same echelon right there yeah of beers. yeah um and then after
1: college um i think i upgraded to boulevard wheat
0: Ooh, and that's a good gateway to craft right there
1: it is it's it's still fairly light but it's got more character to it and I think from there, I branched out to the other Boulevard beers, especially the 80-acre hoppy wheat. Um, and that one. that was one that kind of made me fall in love with craft beer.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, the 80-acre, I don't like ultra hoppy stuff, but the 80-acre is one of the few like more hoppy beers that I really do enjoy. It's something about mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just not as punchy as some of the other... <laughs> Popier beers, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a good one. So, where did that that love for like the drinking piece? Where how did it transition to now? You're in your you were in your basement, right? Uh, brewing this, yeah, in, 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 in my your garage. Home, in your garage, yeah. there you go. Um, as you're in your garage brewing it, how what did that that transition look like for you?
1: Well, I've always kind of I've always really liked making stuff from scratch. Um, and I think there were a couple times in college where I actually got the like Mr. Beer beer kits, um, which if you've ever seen those, it's basically like a can of extract that you dilute with water and throw in some old hops and yeast that they send with it. And it makes right. beer. It's... And at the time, <laughs> I... I thought it was pretty good, but it was more still more expensive than like College student buying Keystone Light, so it was, and it and you'd have to wait a couple of weeks till it was ready. So it was like, ah, this isn't worth my time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I think, around oh, about 2012, I had a friend that wanted to get into home brewing and to do the whole like serious, you know, make five gallon batches. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll give that a try with you. And from there, I just kind of fell down the rabbit hole and fell in love with all the science and kind of art behind making beer um and really just was reading and watching anything i could get my hands on and just pretty quickly got obsessed with it
0: that's awesome and then from that point you're obsessed now and what what led you to that transition where you started googling like places where you could open up a brewery
1: yeah so from there I found the Johnson County Brewing Society, which is the local home brewing club. And I got involved in that, um, started going to meetings, which put me in touch with other people that were really passionate about beer and making beer. Um, Through that, I started serving my beer at beer fests around town. And I think that was really probably the turning point, being able to actually share my beer with, you know, just random strangers and see that they were actually enjoying it. And I think that's kind of what really made it click that like, I can actually turn this into a business someday.
0: That's cool. I guess that, that positive feedback of seeing, seeing people's faces sip on it and mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, you're like, I could do this for real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, how long did it take? Like from that moment, you're, you're going out and you're at these beer fests doing that. How long of a season was it before that June opening? Oh, <sighs>
1: I mean, probably I don't remember the exact days. Probably five or six years from the time I started doing beer fests, and kind of starting to think that uh, you know this could be something someday. Um, and so I started kind of working out a business plan. Um, you know, in my downtime at work, I'd be like Googling equipment and and stuff like that, just to kind of see what it would take. Um, but at the time, at first, I kind of always looked at it as, um, this will be like a retirement gig or something that I do. It's not going to be something I start anytime soon. Um, but then it got to a point after our first daughter was born where I was just working crazy amounts of hours at work and really didn't like my job at the time. And I was complaining to my wife every day and she said, well, you either need to find a new job or, um, actually get the brewery open. And I decided, well, that's what I want to do. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's, um, so that was probably, let's see, that would have been 2018. So that was about the time I was starting to Google, um, commercial space and, um, starting to more seriously look for places. Um, and so the intent was that I would quit my day job and do the brewery full time. Of course, with COVID that didn't happen. Um. But since then, I have started a new day job that, uh, a, a new company that uh, I like quite a bit better. <laughs> it's been a better fit for me, I think.
0: And works, uh, sounds like probably works a little better within the context of also owning a brewery on top of it.
1: Well, that. and yeah, and being able to work remotely, um, uh, mm. saves me a lot of time. Um, you know, I'm not commuting somewhere every day, so that,
0: right. that helps and
1: it allows me to be a little bit more flexible
0: and maybe that's one of the silver linings from, uh, COVID of just learning. There's a lot of things we didn't need to leave our house to do (laughs) that were, that was wasting Mm -hmm. a lot of time. There's, I, I've thought about all the different meetings I would drive around, like the city for, uh, just with my job. And I'm like, my God, I've saved like hours now, just not having to Mm -hmm. go drive to this coffee shop and money because I end up, you know, paying for coffee, paying for alcohol, paying for lunches (laughs) everywhere where that could be a two hour meeting, a two hour set of meetings, you know, on zoom at home, which is sometimes I, certain things, I still love the in-person thing though, too. Mm -hmm. So, but, but working from home, I imagine does give you such a great flexibility, um, Mm -hmm. to offer. That's awesome. so on when uh when you're thinking of sorry about that um i had like a call come through (laughs) my phone my phone is like (laughs) yeah it's like linked to my computer so it it pops up from time to time Ah. in there so i i need to figure out how to turn that off i don't even know (laughs) how to do that on there so when when you're looking at like other folks who are out there like who are listening to the podcast And they're wanting to start a business, whether it's brewery, whether it's like go out in their own, you know, artistic endeavor, that's entrepreneurial. What's some advice now that you're you've been in the trenches for a while? What's some of the advice that you would give to someone who's just getting started? Um...
1: everything costs more than you expect it to when you're getting started. <laughs> so take whatever you think your budget's going to be and add a pretty hefty uh, uh, chunk to your startup costs, gotcha. uh, especially if you're doing like renovating a space to start a business, like an older building. Cause there's always um, stuff that contractors will run into that are going to cost you more money. Um, and make sure you're taking care of yourself you know get as much sleep as you can and and exercise and eat good because if you're going to be running yourself ragged uh it it helps to you know helps to if your body feels good <laughs> i guess <laughs>
0: I guess it's like when we were touring, like if if we didn't take our van in for regular checkups, get it new tires when it needed it, um, we were screwed once we got out on the road every single time. Um, And in some ways I think of that too, like our our own bodies, our own minds. If we're not not caring for it, we can't keep operating at a high level, which yeah, when you're doing the things like Mm -hmm. you're doing, you gotta be at a high level (laughs) all the time. So in running all the different pieces. Oh, no. um, I guess I
1: think one more thing I I would add to that is um, have a group of friends or family or whatever that um, will give you honest feedback. Um, so when you're wanting to start an endeavor, I know with beer, um, once you start making beer, you end up with a lot of extra friends. Everybody loves free beer, <laughs> um, but it's So everybody, you know, if you ask for feedback, they're going to say, oh yeah, this free beer you gave me is great. Um, So one of the things I would do is there's actually homebrew competitions um, that you can send your beer away for and get unbiased people to judge it blindly and give you feedback. Um, So that was also one thing that helped out on improving the quality of what I was making, but also letting me know that, yes, I actually make good beer and it's not just friends and family bsing me
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's some great advice in in the music (laughs) world uh it's producers a lot of times that i lean into um and i also Mm -hmm. have a handful of other people as well that if i'm making a business decision and i think i'm like thinking it through i'm like maybe this isn't the best or maybe i think maybe i'm too excited Mm -hmm. about whatever it is it's like i want to go bounce it off because i know they're willing to tell me the truth and uh, one of the producers i worked with uh right out the gate uh that was one reason we started working with it because he was like okay this is good this is good and what in the hell are you doing here let's fix this this isn't good and yeah such a valuable (laughs) such a Mm -hmm. a very valuable lesson uh within all that now when you talk about like the group of friends this positive feedback uh there was something i just interviewed uh nigel from beers with nigel uh on the podcast as well and he talks so much about the power of the community within the beer world. And I was just curious for you, what, what is that? Cause I know you were in those groups. Um, and that was a, a part of you kind of like launching into this world. What What is the beer community meant to you?
1: So I certainly wouldn't have been able to open lost evenings without the local beer community. Um, everything from when i got started brewing at home and wanting to go to beer fest and serve my beer um, there was uh, a lot of the homebrew festivals and events were put on by local breweries or local groups Um, i think the first beer fest i ever served at was the Blarney brew off in uh, lee's summit missouri hosted by grains and taps and so they're a local, they a local homebrew shop, and uh, now I think they've also got a brewery. Um, and so they were, you know, supporting homebrewers and their passion, which eventually led to me being more and more, um, more and more involved in uh, brewing beer and wanting to open a brewery. Um, through the local homebrew club, I got to meet other people that went on to open breweries. And so it let me see behind the scenes of kind of the problems they went through, things they would have done differently. Um, I got to ask tons of questions. Um, And actually the winter before I opened, so late 2019 into 2020, I actually, through that group, got to work at Transport Brewery in Shawnee. Um, They were in the middle of looking for a new brewer for, to help them out in the brew house and they knew I was opening a place. And so it kind of worked out perfectly. I got to scale up from my five gallon home brew batches up to their um, three barrel, hundred plus gallon system. Um, and I got to learn a lot from them um, before actually opening my doors and having to brew on my system.
0: Um, That's really cool. That's cool that they did that. Uh, and it's cool to see in the more conversations I have with people in the beer world. It sounds like breweries are not competitive there. It, it is this, like everyone's trying to lift each other up, which is amazing to see.
1: Right. Yeah. I think, uh, for the most part, we all make beers that are a little bit different style, whether you go into our place, we focus more on kind of British American styles. Um, I think down the street at Pathlight Brewing, they focus a little bit more on like IPAs. Um, I know, like Service Brewing and uh, Shawnee, they they do a lot of crazy things, a lot of crazy flavors. Um, and then, uh, yeah, like everybody's got kind of a their own little style. So we're not necessarily directly competing with each other. Um, we're we're competing against the larger breweries you know we want people to come drink our beer versus you know buying the 30 pack of natty light or whatever
0: (laughs) (laughs) seems like a totally different market at that point though (laughs) right (laughs) well one thing i noticed um about it's the beer and the wine world now um is that if you love craft beer you just want like you get excited when you roll into a new city and there's like five breweries Mm -hmm. it's like okay we're here for this whole weekend we need to make sure we hit every single one of them it's it's almost like they the the person who loves craft beer is just gonna run to find another taste and another flavor that they enjoy and so i think that might maybe that lends itself i don't know if you've seen that lend itself to a lack of competitiveness and more cooperation as well
1: yeah um I know personally, like when when me and my wife, uh, you know, pre-pandemic would get to travel, we would always make sure to, before we even decide, you know, where we're staying for a hotel, we'd see where the breweries are at in town. (laughs) Um, And then uh, the times I do work behind the bar, I always end up having somebody come in that's from halfway across the country um and they always make sure that they visit the breweries and um you know i'm excited that they chose to come to us but they also say well i'm going to hit this place this place and this place while well, i'm in town too so um <laughs>
0: yeah and that's i cool. know our first 2 years of touring uh, whenever we get in, we, me and the bass player that started out with us, we were both into like craft beers and that's how we were. It's like, if we knew we were going to be in a spot for like three days, like we were up in grand rapids, which just had a fuck ton of breweries. We were like, Oh my God. And then I, for <laughs> some stupid reason, I switched to keto for like two years and I couldn't drink beer and it was dumb. And so oh, I stopped <laughs> that. And now i'm like you know what this is dumb i love beer i love a lot of other things that involve carbs so let's just figure it out yeah (laughs) i'm I'm really glad i'm back to that because because i love sampling like different flavors different uh different Mm -hmm. stuff but i i see that in the wine world as well now too with so many like smaller wineries popping up with different kind of like takes on on traditional wines um i'm finding like like each winery i'm at you see sometimes the same people. Like they, they kind of go on a little circuit throughout all these different ones. Cause they, I like this one because of this wine they have in and, and this vibe and uh, mm-hmm. it's cool. It's really cool. And I think Kansas city seems to foster that really well. It mm-hmm. seems to be a great city for it. But on, as far as the, the last two questions, as we wrap up, sure. um, coming out of the live and create idea, um, that, that first one is what how would you define living a great life for yourself right now um
1: well i know with opening the brewery um i think even though it's been hard and stressful and exhausting um I'm happy with it because I think one of the things that kept me going throughout the opening was like, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. And I'm going to look back in, you know, 50 years and regret not doing it. And so that, uh, that kind of kept me going. And, um, I think it's just kind of the idea of doing my best and trying not to live with the regrets. I guess.
0: <laughs> I love that. I, I love that you have the tenacity to do that, and hopefully, it inspires other people. No doubt, it will inspire other people to be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to make it happen. Because, because yeah, that's that's an amazing perspective. To you don't want to look <laughs> back, and and you did it, and a lot of people don't. So that's that's amazing. Um, and for the last question right now, when you think of the idea of creation and like you said, it's the art and science of brewing, Mm -hmm. like, how would you define creating great things right now?
1: Um, that's a tough one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think right now we're living in an incredibly difficult, strange time to be alive. (laughs) And even, I think it's basically doing the best with what you got and, um, trying to help out others when you can. One of the things we do with the brewery that um, I thought was a good idea is um, we, rather than doing tipping, we actually pay our staff uh, a fair wage and any tips we get, we give to a local charity. Um, and so as business owners, that's, financially tougher for us to do, but, um, we feel it's the right thing to do. And we're, you know, trying to do as much good as we can with our business and what we have. And I think that's kind of our way of trying to uh, make something great. (laughs) Um, and trying to, uh, I guess, save the world with beer, (laughs) (laughs)
0: I love it. I love that. Um, Well, thank you. Thank you for just living an inspiring story out in front of people. It inspires me, this idea of being resourceful, uh, leveraging your time, uh, and then also, honestly, just that ballsiness of June 2020, launching a brewery (laughs) while the world was shut down, and and here you are. It's coming up 2022, and you're still kicking along, no doubt, with some of the greatest things ahead of you. Uh, It's awesome. So thank you. Let everyone know how they can connect with you and where they can find your beer. Uh, and even the folks who are out of town, when you come to Kansas city, make sure you put this, this brewery on the list.
1: Yeah. So we're at uh, lost evenings brewing company, Lenexa, Kansas. Um, we're at the corner of, uh, 87th and Flum. Um, we our building just got a facelift. So if you haven't been there in a while, you might not recognize it. <laughs> Um, but you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, or email us at taproom at lost evenings, That's awesome. Well,
0: thanks for making the time.
1: Yep. Thanks for
0: having me. Thank you for listening to the live and create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review.
1: The live and create podcast.